Welcome to the next edition of Tech Vets, the podcast. This evening, we are joined by Chester Pitts, who is a veteran and he's now working for Salah Cyber. Welcome, Chester. How are you this evening? Yeah, very good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Really good. So, uh, tell us how your day's been today. What's it involved? Uh, so, today, promptly, I've um, been helping sort of update and revamp the, the website. I'm having quite a, a lead role in helping out with that. So, um, I've been doing lots of additional research and stuff. I've spent, I've spent the day doing some research today, really. Okay. And that's kind of not traditionally what someone would expect from someone working in, in the cyber. So, can you tell us a little bit more about your your role and your responsibilities? Yes. So, um, I've just currently passed my CPSA uh, crest exam. Um, I've recently failed my practical side of it, unfortunately. So I've got to retake that in a couple of weeks. Um, so I'm just trying to help out the company where I can until I get me um, sort of formal qualifications where I can really start working. Uh, we can help because we, we do a lot of government work. So um, I can help out with um, sort of commercial side of things, commercial jobs. Um, and I'm just helping out with internal work as well. Uh, whilst I've got a bit of free time, whilst I'm still studying for me, reset me exam. So which, um, so not many people would, would come on and say, you know, I just failed the exam. And do you know what, that's really good to hear because that's part of life and part of retraining. Yeah, what? that's, um, I've, I've took it on board as, as a learning process. I don't, I feel like people shouldn't be ashamed of, of failing exams and stuff. Which exam was it? Uh, so it's called the uh, CRT. Um, so it's the sort of practical um, pen testing exam for Crest. And um, how did you find it when you were sitting the exam? Um, I, I, so it's it is quite a tough exam. Um, some of the concepts uh, are relatively basic. Uh, there's some slightly more advanced ones, but um, it's just the time constraint. You're really put under pressure with the time. So, um, that, that was the hardest part. Of, if there's longer time, you'll be able to pass it quite easily. But um, they say not too many people pass it first time anyway. How did your employers feel? Did they expect you to pass it first time? Or is it, like you say, pretty normal that people need a few attempts? Um, no, uh, it was just, uh, I'd say it was just a bonus if it did pass. Um, there was no pressure on me to pass. It's just sort of gauge where I'm at and see where I can improve. Uh, you do get some feedback from the exam uh, for if if you fail. Um, so it gives you some pointers and a direction of where you can improve, which is good. That sounds brilliant. And I, I know I, I sound kind of like I'm um, enjoying your failure. I'm really not. <laughs> it's really refreshing to hear someone be brutally honest that it's it's not just plain sailing when you're doing something no. learning something new and it, it, it's my journey's not been plain sailing really as well it, it is because I've, I've transferred from a a slightly non-technical role from in the military so i've had to do a lot of stuff off my own back and uh sort of exams as well in, in spare time and stuff but it has been a tough journey so what was your role in the military 
Uh, so when I finished, uh, I was for 10 years in the Marines uh, and I was a, a vehicle technician when I left. Um, so sort of um, like, like a mechanic. And what did you do in those 10 years? What were the kind of highlights? Oh, you're digging deeper there. Um, I, I suppose I, mean, I, I travelled the world a lot. Um, I suppose what, uh, a nine-month deployment on ship, and we spent, I mean, it's Christmas, we went to Antarctica, South Georgia. Uh, that was probably one of my highlights. Um, away at Christmas in the snow. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really nice. Somewhere you'd never get to go again. No. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say obviously the, the main highlight why a lot of people join the military is sort of the travelling aspect of it. And what was the, or I guess what were the catalogue of things that made you think a decade of service is enough for me? Um, so I left uh, medically. So I, I had an injury in uh, it was mid-2019. And then uh, they made the decision to sort of medical discharge me in December 2022. And then um, I had like a three-month sort of notice period from them until I was officially out. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't sort of my full decision to leave, but with me having a young family, it was at the back of my mind. It was sort of getting to a time to leave anyway. How did you feel when you knew you had three months to sort your stuff? Well, I guess to sort your life out. Um. So I was I was kind of prepping for worst case scenario if it did happen uh, before it. So I was told from the date I did leave, it was like a year prior that. Uh, they might decide to, even if I do want to stay, they might decide to move me on and you know, make me to leave anyway. Um, so I was kind of prepping uh, off in my own accord anyway in my spare time. And that's when I was doing like a lot a lot of courses towards sort of cyber security and that. That's when I really started trying to push to aim to get a career in it. So you, you mentioned you had this kind of year where you knew you needed to make a plan. Did you always know you were going to go down the cyber route or did you have different ideas? Um, no, so it was never really initially my plan. It was when I was away on a deployment in Norway. Um, I, seen a, I seen a friend doing um, sort of a lot of work in his spare time and he really introduced me to the like the offensive side of things. Um, I suppose that was about two years prior to me leaving. And I, I took a keen interest in it from there. And then I suppose within the last year, that's when I started really pushing to try and make a career out of it. You said you came from a kind of non-technical background. Did you ever question whether cyber was really going to be for you during that process? Or did you just think this is what I want, I'm going to go for it? Um, I always sort of thought this is what I want, I want to go for it. But there was some sort of tough, tough moments during the studying and stuff where stuff just isn't quite making sense at times and it just gets to the point where something might just click and the penny drops and it, you know, it all sort of makes sense. Um, I suppose one thing in the military is like perseverance with, with stuff. Um, yeah, I, I kept pushing with the studying and that and it's, you know, luckily it's all starting to pay off. 
What courses did you start with or how did you dip your toe in it first? What was your first contact um, with so sort of when I first properly started studying for it, um, there's a couple of websites called Hack the Box and Try Hack Me. Um, so it's predominantly using them. Um, they've both got sort of learning paths to sort of study towards different things within cyber. And then from there, I took my EJPT exam. And then that is eLearn Security. Uh, that was my first sort of official recognised exam I sort of took and passed. Uh, and that's when you know, really got a taste for it after that. So when you left um, the Royal Marines, what bank of certifications or qualifications did you have to start tapping into the workplace with? Um, so I had my eLearn Security EJPT. Um, exam. Uh, when I left, I'd done my CCNA course through CTP, the Creative Transition Partnership, um, which that helped a lot, and that, that's quite a good qualification. I, f I think I, I took a couple of extras through through TechVets, but they're only sort of um, sort of smaller qualifications just for um, like personal development. And how did you find out about TechVets? Um, so it's word of mouth through another friend in the Marines who's quite into cybersecurity, uh, and he sort of messaged me, told me to to get on on board with with tech vets. How did you go about landing your first job? How many CVs did you have to send off, or how did you go about it? Um, so, well, I won't say funny story, but I, I wasn't really looking for work at the time. So when I left, I was going to have um, a few months off work to. Um, family time and to um, sort of focus on studying as well because I had um, one more quite big exam I wanted to pass before I was looking for work my uh, ECPPT I managed to pass that uh, but in the mean I think it's the week before my exam um, someone contacted me through um, LinkedIn and sort of just offered me to go for the, for the job interview and I, I hadn't really had any interviews for about 12 years so I thought you know, I'd just take it just for a bit of experience not really looking for work and then sort of they offered me a role and I, and I took it straight away really I thought it'd be silly not to. That's amazing so you weren't actually how did I identify you on LinkedIn as? Um, I mean so I was I was relatively active on LinkedIn sort of um, sort of, I suppose building up my network and uh, like sort of friends to work along with with cyber school and I think it's just pot luck it's just come across my profile and um you know looking for sort of a, a junior role to, to fill the gap that's amazing and which company was that with uh, so that's with Salah Cyber uh, based in Cheltenham so who you're with now yeah yeah that's just amazing yeah was the person who recruited you ex-military or uh, no no so uh, they have uh, one member of the team is ex-military. Uh, he's he's already been there about a year, and he left the military a few a few years back now. He's already been um, in the IT industry for a couple of years now. You make it sound so easy. Anyone listening to this would just be like, <laughs> "Sounds like the goal." Yeah, just uh, right time, right place. I think I think you got lucky. 
that's absolutely brilliant. So one interview, one interview that you didn't really put yourself forward for, um, and a job straight off the back. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's. Uh, I, I can't believe my luck when sort of when they offered me the job and the, um, sort of the whole package. And um, one thing that sorted for me was sort of the culture of the company, which kind of had the same values of like in the military, really. It, it seemed so. I, I jumped at a chance straight away. And what do the what do those values look like? Um, it's more sort of like um, sort of as a as a family really. That's what the um the the MD man director said. So it's more sort of family based. Maybe we all sort of work together a lot. Um, and I suppose being a a pen tester, sort of what role I am a security a security consultant. Is um, sort of having like moral courage as well and things like that, which I suppose helps a lot coming from the military side. How does the how does moral courage work in a cybersecurity environment? Uh, so, um, obviously, when we do tests on sort of other companies, or it could be like commercial big big companies sort of or uh, government companies they're giving us permission to sort of uh, go into their systems and you know we'll be looking around and we might come across certain files we shouldn't do and stuff like that and you know if there's stuff that shouldn't be there but you know didn't you can count on a straight way to do the right thing and, and flag it up and raise it up and um, because if if anything like that got into the wrong hands as well like, you know it could be detrimental to, to that company. Do you think that's why a lot of tech and cyber companies are looking for military because they already have that, not necessarily a sense of duty, but the confidence to flag things that might not be right? Yeah, and I've, I have heard that um, mentioned quite a bit. And um, they say the, the soft skills go a long way as well sort of um within within IT but we're able to, to communicate and stuff like that because I suppose with within cyber as well communication's key with your team members and stuff like that. And if you're working from home or on site somewhere else, you know, you need to keep communication with everyone. Did you access any other courses through TechBets? Uh yeah, so the main course that I managed to take advantage of was the SANS work study programme where um, they luckily uh, selected my, so you had to write an email on um, sort of where you're at in your career, why you want to choose cyber as sort of your career, uh, when you're looking at leaving and stuff like that. Um, and luckily they, they, they picked mine out and I got selected for the, um, the SANS work-study programme, which is um, you know, brilliant training. And uh, anything to do with SANS is like well regarded. Um, so I was really lucky to get that. How much does that training cost if you were to um, purchase it as a non non veteran or non forces family member? Um, so I was down as a facilitator of the course, which is open for sort of um, anyone to apply to really, but I think it costs around £2,000. Uh, and sort of Jordan. Um, the time has been a facilitator, you're there 
sort of you're working on behalf of Sands and representing Sands, which was, was quite cool. So I got to meet a lot of people as well, sort of through that. And did you have to pay for that? No, so everything was covered um, through through tech vets. Um, so if you're already out of the military and you sort of get selected for this program, you'll have to cover your own accommodation and travel. But because I was in my resettlement period, I managed to claim that sort of through the military, which is really helpful. That's brilliant. What what kind of thing did you do on that course? Was it residential? I mean, I'm guessing it was. Uh, so I I travelled to London um, for my course. It was so they have them based all around the world. Um, I managed to get on one in sort of in, is in the centre of London. Um, Sands in person. Do, do 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 them online as well. But um, I highly recommend any person if you can. What kind of thing did you do on that course? Um, so I selected the. Uh, the Sands 560, which is uh, the G Pen, sort of the pen testing practitioner course. Um, so it was a, a lot of uh, hands on sort of um, hacking, sort of eth- ethical hacking, sort of based things, all from um, network security uh, through to Azure AD and Active Directory, sort of thing. How did that set you up? for your job you mentioned you did it in resettlement did do you feel yourself pulling on that knowledge now in your current role uh yeah it it, it has really really helped to be fair um obviously it more more it'll get used more to come uh when it can start really working and stuff like that but um i was i was lucky to get the sort of an online package as well because because you're there working as a representative of sans um, you're there to help all the other students who've paid for the course, so you can't you can't always spend all the time in a classroom. So they offer uh, sort of on, on demand um, learning stuff for afterwards as well, which and I think you keep that for for about six months. Yeah, six months you keep that for, which which is really handy. So, so you can go over anything you missed, recap over things. What kind of thing are they looking for? You mentioned that you applied by email. What do you think got picked up from yours to make you get selected? Um, so I believe they've um, sort of worked out a, a sort of a scoring criteria for uh, how soon you're due out. And because I, I was out with medical reasons and I only had sort of three months notice for when I was officially being told to leave. So, um, I think that really helped sort of in in my benefit really. I, I think that was the, the, the key swinger for me where uh so I done my course in December and I was I was kicked out in, in December as well. So I I think I applied for the course in around June time, but uh, the process didn't happen until uh, sort of late on in the year and there's only a couple of months notice. I feel like I have been sort of quite lucky how sort of things have just come into my stride as I've sort of come up to it and it's, you know, it's just happened and it's, I've just gone with the flow, but everything's just, just got sort of gone as planned. I couldn't have wished it to go any, any better really. Um, Minus failing the exam. Yeah, but, but you know, that's. That's, that's a part of learning. Human and real. Um, do you mind me asking what, um, 
did you get injured in the Marines or what what was the you don't have to say it. yeah yeah so um it was uh 2019 sort of uh, I injured my back in, in in work it was yeah and um uh, towards the end of it I just, I just wasn't that so it's was, I think it's nearly two years no over just over two years it was sort of we tried to rehab and stuff like that but it just wasn't getting any better for me to to do the role really how is it now uh, it still gives me bits of issues if I'm sitting for extra long hours at the desk but um it it has got better really since since leaving the marines you need to get one of those um yo-yo desks <laughs> yeah so we, we have we have them in, in work when we're in the first brilliant i think the um the long hours each week up and, up and down in the cars not doing that each week has helped yeah yeah it was, it was a good five six hours each way in the car each week oh my goodness and i guess you had to probably run around with weight at some stage no so, so i wasn't doing that whilst injured but that's the side of being a marine i couldn't really do again yeah and i guess that's kind of key in many ways yeah first and foremost you sort of you expected to to fulfill that role and that duty if if called upon and that's the side i i couldn't really do anymore yeah how did you um how did you feel kind of being medically downgraded Uh, so i've I've had a couple of little injuries before and i think everyone sort of has but i've never had anything where it's knocked me back quite like that um that definitely had its ups and downs, really. Um, you know, there's a lot of moments where you just think this is just never going to get better and stuff like that. But um, I suppose you managed to get get through the end of it. I've, I've managed to live with it anyway. That's, that's that was the main thing to to manage it. Do you think if you hadn't had the back injury, you would still be in the Marines? Um. I emotionally would still be in now. Um, I told myself as well, I was wanting to, if and when I did want to leave, which I would do for my family, but I would have liked to have um, been ready to sort of walk into a job, doing the job straight away. So I, I would use that time to try and study as much as I can um, and sort of be, be qualified. Which, which may, have took, may, may have took a couple more years, maybe, another yeah. year or two. But I guess everything made you get on with it a bit faster than you would have done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I would have um, took a bit more of a laid back approach to it, um, not put as much onus on myself as pushing to try and get certain qualifications on the under my belt. So, how does the crest qualifications that you've been working through? How do they come into play with your with your current role? Yeah, so it's a two-part qualification. Uh, I've done one part. The second part's the practical. Uh, once you sort of pass both of them, it's um, Crest is like a an accredited body, um, and a lot of companies look for that. You need that sort of as a minimum to sort of work on some of their systems and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big one what I'm working towards to get. Is that something that um, Salah Cyber have um, asked you to do, or is that something you're doing off your own back? No, so, so that's um, sort of something within the company, what they require, really, because um, a lot of their work 
is required sort of as, as a minimum really. And how did you find the, um, I guess, the theory part of the CREST exam? Yeah, that, that was quite challenging as well, really. Um, it's quite a broad spectrum of topics. Um, and it, some of it does go into a bit of depth, I suppose. But um, I'm not sure how like, the bank on questions, but there's there's a lot of topics and there's a lot of like subtopics within them topics. And um, plus as well, you sign a... Uh, an, an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, uh, before each exam. So um, you can't really find anything online about the exams themselves. So that's another reason why it's it's yeah, they're quite well regarded exams because there's not much out there about them. So you're not going to spill the beans to me now, then? <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, but that's really good because I guess that then means that whoever's got that certification has earned it without the support of ChatGPT or Google search. Yeah, right? yeah definitely. So uh, like me, the other two exams are done. Uh, you sort of get like, uh, I think it's five days you get to sort of to do that and you're allowed to use Google and stuff, where these ones you can't. So how much preparation do you think you'll need to do to then retake the practical? Um, so there's an eight-week cooling-off period. Um, for if you fail so I'm in the process of so I've got to wait in the eight week period and then um, you can reset it again after that how has the company felt about that have they what's their what was their reaction like um, they, they were completely fine about it really you know, they were really supportive and um, you know they, they made it clear before the exam that there's, there's no pressure on me to, to pass it um, I only think I put the pressure on myself in wanting to pass it, really. Um, How did you feel about it? About failing it? Yeah. Um, I, I was just annoyed at myself, really. You know, I, I just really wanted to pass it in myself. Um, you know, once, once it's sort of settled in after a day or so, that's when you, you, know, you can start looking back on it and trying to learn from it. But um, I, I was disappointed initially. Did you know when you were doing it? that there were gaps that you needed to fill? There was a, there was a couple of things that come up where um, I was a little unsure and it sort of clicked afterwards, but I think it's just during the, the time constraint at the time. You, you, don't, you don't have very long at all. How long do you have to do the exams? Uh, so it's two and a half hours. Um, wow. Um, there's, there's quite a lot of questions to get through, really. That sounds quite intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, you've got this eight-week cooling-off period. How are you going? How are you going to prepare for the next tape of that practical exam? Yeah, so um, obviously, I've, I've sort of established some gaps in, in my knowledge a bit, I suppose, where I've been working up on stuff like that, and I'm just going to keep doing the same sort of one last time through, like. Um, Sort of capture the flags on Hat the Box, because um, they've got a a crest learning path, and um, sort of specifically for for this exam. And um, so I, you know, I'm, I'm going through sort of bits on that. Which uh, if I'm unsure on certain bits, I will go over and I go over other bits on it. Have you talked to other uh, veterans in similar positions who are doing the same exams? Uh, no, I've. 
So I knew of one other who's recently left. Um, he was looking to do this exam uh, a little while back, but I think, I think he's put it off. But apart from that, I don't, I don't know anyone else doing it. Have you scared him off it? <laughs> uh, no, not yet. <laughs> so, um, what's your, what's your kind of goal for the next kind of two to five years? Where do you see yourself? Um, so, I mean, hopefully, pass this exam for next time, uh, and then sort of, sort of medium term goals. You know, I'll hope to be a. Uh, like an established member of the Salas team, uh, I can really contribute to findings and uh, you know finding vulnerabilities and stuff in systems. Um, that that'll be a, a, a good place where I'd like to be anyway. How do you find looking back now um, on the military? Are there any elements that you miss? Um, I mean, I, I suppose. Sort of um, when you spend spend a lot of time with the lads when you're away, sort of on on deployments at, at the time, you don't, you know, they think, oh, this is rubbish and stuff like that. It's bad times and that. But when when you look back, you know, you, you think it is it is pretty good times, really. I, I I tend to find that you you forget a lot of the bad times. You just remember the good times, unless they're really bad. <laughs> so do you want to re sign up with the um, RMR then now? No. <laughs> How is your... no. sorry go ahead uh, I, I might have to give that a few years and I might change my mind but at the moment I'm, I'm enjoying having a break from it how has your family found the transition uh, they've really enjoyed it and benefited from it um, especially with, with my kids so me, my youngest is, is one now um, I've had sort of the best relationship with him um, sort of compared to the other two with me being away a lot and my partner's never start as well so was, that's helped you know massively being at home how do you find it working from home so that helps a lot with, with my family spent sort of seeing my family at times um i suppose it, it is something very very new to me and i've not come up to it but um you know you just you just sort of get the job done on, on your laptop anyway, as, as long as it's like um, you know, a bit of a plan on what you want to do for the day and stuff. It's usually, I found it plain sailing so far, anyway. It sounds amazing that you've kind of, you know, gone from injury to bagging yourself a job. It, it sounds like it's been fairly easy and straightforward. <laughs> it must have been difficult or challenging times. It can't have all been plain sailing. Um, I mean, it, it sort of has really, <laughs> as bad as it is to say to some people, you know, have a real bad time with it. But um, I think I think you know, I've just got lucky. But I suppose you can create your own luck, and maybe with me, um, sort of thinking a year ahead, but worst case scenario, I might get kicked out. You know, that's when I was kind of a lot more active on sort of LinkedIn, sort of building up my network. And, you know, I spent pretty much every evening when I was away with work, sort of in the evening some on my laptop, really, working towards it. Well, I guess that actually sounds like your discipline paid off more than luck or anything else. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I suppose you make your own luck, but uh, I was definitely the right time, right place.
with landing the first job. So what advice would you give to other Marines or people still in the service thinking about signing off? What would be your top tip for them in looking to a future outside the military? Uh, try and set goals. You can um, actually meet as well, give yourself a timeline. Because um, that year, you just blink and it's gone by. Um, so if you can have the sort of you know goals set for every couple of months, like I'd meet me two exams as working towards, um, and you know you could tick one off and then go on to the next one, and that really helped me along. And you can visually see progress getting made. And that's I'd say that was a big one that helped me along. Do you talk to many other service uh, service members or veterans? in terms of jumping into the Tech Vets Discord platform or anything like that? Yeah, I've, I've, I've spoken to a, f a few on there, really, and um, yeah, we've, we've been up on sort of LinkedIn as well, connected on there. Um, the, the Tech Vets community is pretty good, really, I'd say. Um, whether you're asking for help or if someone asks for, asks for help on there, there's a lot of people that jumps on to answer questions, which is really good. What kind of questions do you see pop up there or have you received um so one you see on there often which um i suppose it's overwhelming for a lot of people the amount of qualifications you can choose to go down on learning paths and learning resources because there's so much out there it, it is really overwhelming so um, you do get that you know asked quite a bit on people do narrow it down on obviously everyone's different for what Area they want to specify in, but there's um, sort of a vast, a vast um, broad experience in tech vets as well. How do people pick the best courses for for what they want to do, and not waste their learning credits on courses that aren't going to get them anywhere or aren't accredited? Um, I suppose that's where tech vets really comes into its own because you've got a lot of people who've experienced it and been there and done it, sort of thing. So. Um, I suppose that's one place to ask the question as well is on tech vets and you should get some good answers from there um, but like I said there's there's so many providers out there and stuff and it is really hard to know if you're choosing the right the right course if you get your money's worth What did you did you use your learning credits on any specific courses? Um, I used mine on a Python course Sort of a, a computer language course, um, but that was just for um, my own knowledge, really, sort of personal development. Um, I wasn't for more a recognised qualification. Okay, I think that's really good advice to go to tech vets, and then also just building the broader knowledge around it, um, around the subject yeah. that you're going into. Um, the person that inspired you, who was you know, heading to cybersecurity. What's happened to them now? Um, so he's uh, in an established role, sort of doing my, my job for um, Vickerbits for Siemens now. Do you still stay in touch? Yeah, yeah, we, we, st we still keep in touch because uh, we worked together uh, a few years back. So, um, we, you know, we both still chat regularly, really. Does he you know he's your inspiration? <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, 
Chester, this this has been really good speaking to you. And I think kind of, you know, we've talked about your journey as being plain sailing, but obviously, you know, you've it's also been really real, like with the crest exam and just managing that and and getting on with it, which I think kind of for some people looking at looking ahead, you just you just want to pass everything, don't you? You want to progress, yeah. but actually you've got you've got to have that knowledge before you get there and the reality of it they're not all that easy is just passing it straight away which means that you'll be an awesome practitioner when you get there fingers crossed <laughs> working on it well um i'll let you go um but it's been fantastic to talk to you and if anyone wants to get in touch with you um are you on the discord platform for TechVets? yes i am so i'm on, I'm on um, discord for that and uh, i'm quite active on linkedin as well so you know either or i'm happy to help out with anyone okay that would be fantastic because i'm yeah. sure there's some people who would like to pick your brains about the certificates that you've mentioned but also how to bag a job in without doing anything proactively <laughs> and not even yeah. that sounds like the uh the golden ticket that everyone yeah hope to uh some sort of lucky charm yeah, yeah. If you can uh, market that, I think uh, you'll be a rich Try and man. Try bottle it and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, Chester. And for any of our listeners, you can get in touch with Chester, like he said, on TechVets Discord platform or via LinkedIn. And if you would like to become a TechVets member and access some of the training and certifications that Chester's mentioned or just tap into that advice, then head to www.techvets.co. Thank you for listening.